0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the weekly podcast from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I'm Edmund Shing, Chief Investment Officer. Today I'm joined by Pascal Krobosinski. We are going to talk about Pascal's area of particular expertise, which is long-short credit funds. So not just long-only, but long-short, i.e. alternative uses or hedge funds. Now, If we think about the context for the credit market generally, it's quite an interesting period. On the one hand, there has been a resurgence of interest in everything to do with bonds and fixed income, including, of course, corporate credit. Why? Because yields are much higher after investors having been starved of yield for the last, I would say, 10 plus years. Today, we are finding yield in all sorts of areas of the fixed income market. So that's a good thing. But that being said, there are also some tricky matters to navigate. Firstly, of course, we have the US regional banking stress, which is leading to a tightening of credit conditions, which in turn, we think, ensures at least a modest recession in the US later this year. Now, recession is typically not so good for corporate credit, particularly for the high yield credit segment of the market, because you tend to see a rise in default rates in in times of recession. And that tends to, of course, hurt investors, because sometimes they don't get back the full principle that they've invested in those companies that default. So on the one hand, a lot of interest from investors. On the other hand, a macroeconomic context that can be a little bit complicated. And the third element to add to this, of course, is that if we look at risk-free assets, such as the return you can get now on cash, particularly in dollars in the US, you can get nearly 5%. So this is, again, is something, a challenge that we have not seen for investors before, well, not for a very long time, at least, not for 14 years, in fact. We have not seen cash interest rates as high as they are today in dollar terms. And indeed, even in euro terms, they are rising. We are expecting to see cash rates rise around three and a half percent in euro terms over the next couple of months. So that also makes even cash in Euro terms interesting. So amongst this context, Pascal, I've got a few questions for you. So for instance, why is now a good time to incorporate bonds of good quality? So more of the investment grade style. But on the other hand, at the same time, what about those issues that we think are going to suffer from the threat of recession and the risk of default?
1: Hi Edmund, these are good questions. If you take a look back at the end of 2021, there were essentially no good or bad corporate bonds. Credit markets have been flooded with cheap financing over many years, and central banks were buying corporate bonds as part of their quantitative easing programs in order to stabilize markets after the pandemics. This had several consequences. It rendered the value of corporate debt homogeneous by compressing all yields and market volatility. In addition, The spread or risk premium between buying a corporate bond with credit risk and a super safe government bond was very low and unattractive. Fast forward to now, after a year of tightening monetary policy and a normalization of interest rates, corporate bond markets have definitely started to wake up. If you are buying bonds, yields are now more attractive, four to 5% in investment grade, and 7 to 9% in high yield as of the end of Q1 2023. Yields on European banks, subordinated debt is particularly attractive now after repricing a lot last year and following Credit Suisse demise. However, most of that higher yield for corporate debt comes from higher rates, but the higher risk from a potential recession is not yet in the price. So to go back to your question, there is a strong case for buying good quality corporate bonds, thanks to higher yields, but with a caveat on lesser quality bond issuers, with stretched balance sheets, and less able to pass on inflation to their customers. Those are likely to suffer in an economic slowdown or in a recession, as earnings decline and financing costs increase, and their bond price will decline. So if we look at the projections for this year, as I
0: said, we are looking for a modest recession in the US for the second half of this year and the first quarter of next year. And we do expect economic growth to slow in Europe. I suppose the good news is Europe has exited the energy crisis in fairly good shape, but nevertheless, we do expect a slowing of the momentum. We see a tightening of bank lending standards, not only in the US because of the regional banking crisis, but also in Europe. So that will lead to slower growth. So in that context, do you think that credit funds that are simply long or just just buy credit, are, do you think there is a risk there we should really take account of?
1: Absolutely. There is economic risk that has not been fully priced into credit markets. In a recession, historically, Spreads can exceed 1,000 basis points for high yield in general, and up to 2,000 basis points for the lower credit ratings, which are the triple Cs. And again, this is not yet reflected in today's spreads.
0: Yeah, because if you look at today's spreads, I think in US high yield, we're not even half of the 1,000. We're under 500 basis points, under 5% spread, which, as you pointed out, is nowhere near what you would expect if you are looking at a recession, which which we are. So. On the basis of that, if we're looking at the risk side of the equation here, when do you think this higher cost of financing, given that the Fed funds rate is now 5%, when will these higher costs of financing affect companies that are credit borrowers via the credit market? Is this going to be soon
1: or is this going to take some time to appear? Well, the world of maturity will start to be felt later this year. And it will be mostly in anticipation of much more refinancing needed starting in 2024. And the consequence is that the cost of financing debt may triple for some issuers compared with what they they were paying so far. And defaults will arise naturally among the weaker borrowers. Okay,
0: so we can see a widening gap between... Those good quality issuers, which offer reasonable yields, which are still, we think, attractive. But on the other hand, there's a whole universe of riskier credit borrowers that we are very much less keen on. So I think a good alternative to just buying a long credit fund and hoping they need to buy the good borrowers is perhaps to play some form of arbitrage strategy where we are trying to buy the good bonds and not only avoid, but even, I guess, go short the bad bonds. Isn't that it? And that's really where the long, short credit funds that you look at, Pascal,
1: come into their own. Yes, that's correct. There is now more dispersion between the, the quality of corporate bonds, as well as more market volatility. Especially now that funding costs are higher compared to, the, to that QE era of ultra low rate and a high liquidity environment, when even the so-called zombie companies were able to borrow cheaply. If you look at European investment grade now, the gap between lower and higher spreads, which was no more than 100 basis points in 2020 and 2021, is now over 250 basis points, right? So that gives much better opportunity set for credit arbitrage.
0: So if we talk about this credit arbitrage or going long the good stuff and short the bad stuff, how in detail do these funds execute the strategy?
1: So you you do it on the long side, you buy the bonds of good quality issuers. The ones who are able to pass through inflation to customers and are less sensitive to a potential downturn. So such as recently, I would say energy and telecommunication sectors are among those. And instead on the other side, you go short on weaker issuers and going short means that you borrow the bonds of those issuers, you sell them on the market with the intention of buying them back later at a lower price and returning them, of course, to, to where you borrowed them. Okay, so for the investor then,
0: what are the, what are the ultimate benefits of investing in this type of long short this you know credit arbitrage
1: fund? The benefits are that you get two performance engines. Right? On the loans, you will get the yield income and you will also get capital appreciation if spreads further contract, if the economic perspectives remain decent. On the shorts, you will benefit from capital appreciation on names where the spread widens, either on bad perspective or on poor idiosyncratic uh, performance. When the bond gets cheaper, of course, you, you get uh, when you return it, you, you make the difference in, in price, minus the cost of borrowing and paying the coupons. On top of that, there is additional benefit of lower correlation to the market compared with a long-only strategy, as well as a lower volatility, thanks to the hedging effect of combining longs and shorts, and this way having limited net exposure to the market.
0: So in this way, I guess, Pascal, long-short credit arbitrage funds are pretty attractive to relatively conservative investors, because as you mentioned, not only do you get the two performance engines, but probably more importantly, you get a much lower correlation to the overall credit and equity markets than you would with a classic long-only fund. So in a sense, it's a good diversification for someone who's looking not just to be exposed on the long side to stocks and, and bonds, right? Yes, that's
1: correct. And this is a good time now to to take advantage of, uh, of this strategy.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Pascal, for your time today to explain to us the benefits of these long short credit arbitrage funds. Thank you very much to our listeners for, of course, listening to this weekly podcast. Please like, share and subscribe to this podcast. And for more content, either audio, video or written content from BNP Paribas Wealth Management, please search for BNP Paribas Voice of Wealth on the search provider of your choice. Thank you very much for listening and
1: until the next time, bye-bye.